We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the Miami Heat. Uh, once again, doing, going down to South Beach to take on a team that is chasing the Knicks in the standings. Um, here's what I'll say. While I stand by what I said at the end of our live stream the other night with John and I, um, that I'm not necessarily afraid of the Miami Heat. They played down to a lot of opponents over the last 10 games, which coincides with Carl- Kyle Lowry coming back and playing with the bench. Uh, they've actually played a lot better and their, their offense is very up. They're starting to hit some shots. They're starting to to run some some actions that actually take advantage of what Kyle Lowry can do. I cannot believe we're at that point in the season, but um, I'm a little more concerned about this game. Um, and so we'll we'll see how it goes. The conversation you're going to hear previewing this game. I know I teased that uh, Mr. Giancarlo Navas was going to join me. I will explain why he's not here in just a second. But uh, you're going to hear from a South Florida radio staple who is also now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And that's Jonathan Zaslow, who hosts the Zaslow Show 2.0 Monday through Friday. You can find it wherever podcasts are available. He also has a YouTube channel. Please go check that out. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, obviously the Knicks community comes into this game with uh, heavy hearts and it's because the passing of Knicks icon and the captain and all of the, the accolades that go with that uh, Willis Reed passed away at the age of 80. Uh, I highly recommend if you haven't yet, please go check out John's conversation with Ray Marcano, who is a friend of the pod. Uh, he's a patron, but um, he's also like an established sports writer or I guess journalist in general over the past couple decades. And he, I don't want to call him an old, old head because it comes off as disrespectful, but uh, he's able to give the perspective of somebody that remembers Willis Reed and the 69, 70 season and the 73 season. Um, so please go check that out if you haven't yet. I think it's a really fitting tribute to the icon, the legend, and then the man, Willis Reed. My two cents on this, from my my perspective, um, in 2020, Tom Seaver passed away. For those who don't know who that is, uh, the Mets, my favorite baseball team that I bring up all the time, were the lovable losers for the first eight years of their franchise's history. And then in 1969, led by one of the greatest pitchers of all time, Tom Seaver helped lead them to a World Series. And one of the big connection points I had growing up with my mom, who wasn't like a diehard sports fan, but like knew her son was trending in that direction. Um, but she grew up loving Tom Seaver. That was her first crush. And when I had to tell her the news in 2020 that Tom Seaver had passed away, um, it crushed her. And it was a moment that I recognized that this man's legacy spanned generations. It it started at a certain point before I existed. And here we were six decades later. And, you know, he still mattered to two different people born in two different generations. 
And I imagine that happened yesterday with a lot of Knicks fans, whether it be um, older Knicks fans telling their their kids that uh, Willis Reed passed away, um, whether it be vice versa. I'm the one that broke the news to my dad yesterday that Willis Reed passed away. And, um, you know, when you become a fan of a team at whatever age it is, there's names you have to know as far as the reverence you have to pay to legends of the past. And the first iconic Knicks moment in their history that transcended the Knicks and went to basketball everywhere, as Ray put it, was Willis Reed walking out of the tunnel in game seven. A man scored four points in that game. And we remember that moment at the end that helped lead the Knicks to a title. Man won finals MVP off the strength of that moment. Meanwhile, Clyde had the iconic performance in game seven. Um Yeah, the Knicks have had one MVP in their franchise. It's Willis Reed. The Knicks have had one finals MVP in their franchise. It's Willis Reed in 70 and 73. And while while he wasn't able to be there a couple weeks ago for the 73, uh, 1973 celebration, the anniversary, um, I do hope he left this world knowing how much he meant to Knicks fans. You know, like we're in a weird spot with some of our legends in this history. Like I'm... I was on a podcast last night and someone asked me if Patrick Ewing gets the the appreciation, the respect that he deserves. And it's actually a good point, like because he spent the last couple of years as the Georgetown coach. I do wonder if there just is not enough appreciation for Patrick. And by extension, I have to wonder the same if that was true for Willis Reed. So I do hope he he knew how much of of an an icon that we all thought he was. And look, I, I I know this season has been fun. I know we're starting to, to build some legends out for Randall and we'll see what Jalen Brunson eventually becomes, but it's, it's fitting that the Knicks also have to take some time out of this season. That's magical um, to remember someone that is an accomplished um, icon in this franchise and um, you know, thoughts and prayers out to the Reed family and the Knicks community as a whole. Um, All of this is partly why um, I recorded something with Giancarlo and like I had already recorded the Zazlo pod and I wanted to get like 15 minutes in with Giancarlo. I just, I did not have the energy to, to do the, the talking trash and taking 10 seconds to laugh yesterday. So I scrapped it. And instead I'm actually going on the Miami heat beat podcast on Thursday. So you can check out any crossover. I do with Giancarlo later this week. I um, really think you'll enjoy. Hopefully you enjoy when we go on. Hopefully the Knicks haven't lost that game either. I'm taking a chance of uh, giving up my ability to talk trash um, by going there after the game. So we'll see. Um, but in the meantime, hopefully the Knicks uh, win one for the captain tonight against the Miami Heat. And to preview that game, let's get to it. My conversation with Jonathan Zaslow of the Zaslow Show 2.0, which is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Network. Enjoy. Joining me now here on the Knicks Film School pregame show for the third time in what feels like the last week and a half, but really since 2023, the New York Knicks will be taking on the rival Miami Heat once again, taking their talents down to South Beach. Um, for anxiety purposes, I hope the end of the game isn't as uh, eventful for me as uh, it is this time, as it was the last time. However, I understand the other side of it for Miami Heat fans. They also hope if it is as anxiety filled, it is at least in their favor. And joining me to talk about the Miami Heat perspective, a legend in the South Florida radio market. He is also the newest member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. The Zaslow Show 2.0 can be found Monday through fire Monday through Friday, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the Knicks Film School Podcast, Jonathan Zaslow. Thank you for having me, Andrew. I appreciate uh, the welcome. I am I am tired of two point losses to the New York Knicks this uh-huh. year, uh, but I'm but I'm glad to be on with you here, and uh, we and we got two more, I guess, uh, you know, coming up here. So. Yeah, the, 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 Knicks, the Knicks have been the Knicks have been great. I, I love it when the Knicks are good. You know, a lot of Heat fans are like, ah, you know, it's always F the Knicks. And yeah, it is always F the Knicks. But mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I like when they're good. It was my childhood. Those those Heat Knicks matchups in the late 90s. And 
you know, the I think two other times that one other time that we've met in the playoffs Three. since then. Well, so you know, since so it's funny because there's the the four matchups four from ninety seven to two thousand, and, and then, then it's, it's just, just one time since then. So it could have been two if if Tyson Chandler knew how to play against Roy Hibbert and if J.R. Smith remembered how to you know, play basketball period. But the 2013 season, when the Pacers got to the conference finals, they beat the Knicks to get there. So the only other matchup since then was the 2012 season. The first, uh, and it LeBron, was like the first, yeah. it was a four, one gentleman sweep in which yeah. the Knicks, I listen, not my, not my call, but the Knicks unleashed confetti at Madison that's, square. Garden. That's how we remember it here is yes. that the, the New York Knicks, they they've dropped so far since those matchups in the late nineties that they're now raining down balloons and confetti yeah. when they avoid a sweep in game four. That's that's what we all think about. But I, I like it when the Knicks are are good. It's just it's that much more fun. It's that much more interesting. Do you speak for the majority of Heat fans or are so. you? I was going to say you're in the minority. So full disclosure. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. Like I said, I think it's always F the Knicks. Right. So I, I full I disclosure. Like Full disclosure, um, the last two times that the Knicks played the Heat for this pregame show, reached out to who's become a good friend, uh, Giancarlo Navas of Miami Heat Beat. Okay. And the last time um, he he said the thing that made Knicks fans a, a, a perk up a bit, we'll say, What's get a little excited. Thing? So he he basically poo-pooed what the Knicks season was this year, um, called the, the Jalen Brunson season cute. Um, and that said that if this were a, a first round matchup between the Knicks and the Heat, of course the Heat would win. And look, I'm just going to throw it over to you. We, we're kind of doing the show in reverse order because usually at the end, I ask what the guest's perspective or, or view of what the Knicks have done this season is. But uh, I imagine um, Knicks fans want to hear from another Miami uh, perspective. So, how, what do you think of the Knicks? Oh, in all honesty, of what I think they're really good. I, I think they're really good. I mean, right now we we sit the heater. You, you got to look in the loss column. You know, you look in the games back column. That's amateur hour at this point mm -hmm. of the season. You got to look at the loss column. And so, right now, the Heat are four back of New York in the loss column. Obviously, you know, you can make up two of those games himself, but then you're still going to be tough. Well, the Heat would actually then own the tiebreak if it gets that because the Heat are going to win their division and the right. Knicks are not. Uh, that's the that's the only thing that divisions are worth now these days in the NBA. It's for tiebreakers like that. Uh, the Heat are not going to catch the Knicks. Four games is way too much with the Heat having just nine games remaining. I'm surprised that the Knicks are this good, but they're really good. Like I think we've learned that Julius Randle, you know, it was a big thing here a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was my man Brandon Tierney up there yeah. in New York. Who he said also the said thing the thing yeah, about the Julius Randle and Chris Bosh. And so that was very offensive to all of us here. And then Randle had the season he had last year. I think we've learned that Randle, who is having a fantastic year, that he's better when he's not the main guy. And now you have Jalen Brunson there, who kind of. I was surprised that Randall got the all-star nod and not Brunson. I thought Brunson was going to be the all-star. Whatever. I'm sure the Nick fan doesn't care. They had a representative. That's cool. But mm. I, I think Randall, when he doesn't have to be the top guy, or at least doesn't have to be labeled the top, like Brunson is clearly the engine there. Like what a phenomenal off-season signing for him. So Randall's been able to be... Like, I think statistically, Randall may be better this year than he was those two two years ago, you know? He so he, he's having a phenomenal year, and I think it's really because he doesn't have to be that number one guy. Uh, Brunson, it's, it's as good a free agent signing. Like, I know people's ears perked up when Barkley said it like a couple weeks ago, that it's the greatest free agent signing ever. <laughs> uh, what, what what he means by that is we're talking about expectation wise and we're also talking about the money, you know, that he got. And yeah, when when you consider such a blunder by the Mavericks where they could I mean, you, you tell me, Andrew, if you're the Mavericks, mm. would you rather Kyrie Irving or who, who I mean is poison? OK, but whatever. Mm -hmm. my, my thoughts about that is neither here nor there right now. Would you rather Kyrie Irving? Or would you rather Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, uh, the the draft picks that they traded over there, and mm -hmm. I think and and I think and Dorian Finney-Smith, Finney yeah. I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, so Brunson 
is so far and above any kind of expectation. Like, I didn't think that Brunson was a great signing for them when it happened. I was like, hey, he's a good hmm. player. Okay. But now, like, the Knicks were clearly 100% right on bringing in Brunson. Like, whatever they saw, I don't know if it's because they got the relationship with the father, of course. So they know the kid. They've known the family for a really long time. And they were a thousand percent right about Brunson. He is so much better than people like me thought he was going to wind up being. Um, and it's pro. I think the one thing with the Knicks, the backcourt would have been super small, but oh, the you, Mitchell you, thing, yeah. You probably would have wanted to send R.J. Barrett to to Cleve, uh, to to Utah in a Mitchell trade. I mean, the backcourt would have been small, but you look at it now, and you're probably like, yeah, you know what? That we, we probably should have done that. Can I counterpoint in yeah. in that? Because look, I'll be honest, when the trade didn't happen after us spending an entire summer of like will they or won't they with Donovan Mitchell? And it kind of like if as you remember, that was the summer of KD for everybody else. But yeah. to the rest of us, Heat we were, were waiting. Spot, you know? So so you get it. And it was like, okay, once the KD thing is settled, then other yeah. things will be settled. And so while we were ready to go like start our summers, it was like, all right, but at any moment, Donovan Mitchell could get traded to the Knicks and we'll have to break into emergency podcast mode, right? So when it happened and I saw what the Knicks offered, what eventually got traded for Mitchell from the Cavs, while I was like, if they were to make the trade, I will understand that it's a lot, but you have Donovan Mitchell. The other side of it being like, well, you have like you're still in the same place you already were, which was stocked with assets. You still don't know what the Randall asset because which needed rehabilitation after last season is. And look, as much as optimistic as I was about the Jalen Brunson signing, what he's done to the rest of this team has now made him a more attractive it's destination. It's crazy if you would have thought that this is what Brunson. Oh no, this isn't what realistic. I thought it was going to be that, at all. Yeah. Believe me, I, I never thought like I thought like maybe borderline All Star, which he was. I never thought he'd be the most important player on a team that has a chance to get the four seed yeah. this year. I thought yeah. at best like okay, maybe we compete for the for home court in a play in game. They're in a spot now because they've had a, a gigantic step forward that while Donovan Mitchell might not be available, the next disgruntled star isn't going to a team that finished 11th in the East. He's going to go. Oh, I mean, team. it's it, you're right. It, it's like yeah. we we joke about it all the time down here where, you know, the Knicks fan every year, you know, so-and-so's coming to the Knicks. So-and-so's coming to the Knicks. Uh -huh. Nobody ever goes to the Knicks. No one wants to go to the Knicks. I mean, even Kevin Durant a few years ago, uh, the Knicks are not cool. That's why we're mm -hmm. going to Brooklyn, which, uh, you know, give me a break. But it, now the Knicks are finally in a spot where you may have guys who want to force their way to New York now. Like this is a this is a good team. And the coach is good. I mean, Thibodeau knows what he's good. He knows what he's doing. You know, the only time that the that the Wolves uh, were halfway decent in the last 15 years, Thibodeau was the coach. Jimmy Butler was there as well. But Thibodeau clearly knows what he's doing. He was very good in Chicago. You know, you bring in a guy like Josh Hart. Mm. Thibodeau knows. He's like, this is the kind of player that I need. He's a great defender. He'll hit three-point shots. Just a smart player who's going to help our team be smart. And that's the kind of stuff that I think you get with the good coach. He knows those those little players who maybe not everybody thinks is a flashy move. Josh Hart was a, was a fantastic trade. So. Yeah, I think the Knicks are good. Like I'm, like I said, it's always F the Knicks in the Zaslow Mansion. <laughs> all right, but I could also acknowledge they're a really good team, and I also like it when the Knicks are good. Uh, it makes it makes these games with the Heat a lot more fun. So something that she said when talking about the signing of Brunson and that the family atmosphere that they've created, which look, they were able to sign Jalen Brunson because his father was yeah. named an assistant coach. His yeah. godfather is the current president of basketball of operations and Leon Rose. Um, his agent is Sam Rose, which is Leon Rose's son. Um, they've really built a connections operation in New York, which might not actually be the, the worst thing to do between all the Villanova guys that are on the team, the Kentucky connections that are on the team. Um, so they've gotten it right that way. The other family connections, or at least the the family atmosphere, or like the, let's call it the family culture that has existed in the NBA for the last, let's call it two decades, is the Miami Heat and Heat culture, obviously. And this is where I'll transition into asking you about how the Heat and specifically Heat fans are treating this season. Now, it's it's funny 
I'm so ready to be like, oh, here they come. Like now I'm afraid of the heat. And then you get a game like the Chicago game the other night. Right. And it's like, all right, well, now what? Like last night, watching them struggle in the fourth quarter against Detroit until they finally put it away. I was like, okay, at a certain point, they're going to turn it on or this is just our, this is what they are. How do heat fans feel? Are they well, still like, because Jimmy's having one of these ridiculously great years, we can make a run from a six or seven seed, or is this kind of like, you know, we've accepted what this season is. No, I, th- I think the heat fans pretty rational this year. Mm. I, I think, I think the heat fan thinks this team's not any good. You know, you, you mentioned wow. those, those two road games, we stink on the road. I mean, that's for sure. Like you're down 27 at the Bulls. Give me a break, you know. <laughs> and and last night, obviously Detroit. All right, you do what you got to do in the fourth quarter. They doubled them up, but th- this was a stupid weekend for the Heat. In a weekend that you had to win both those games because you you would have really put yourself in a position to potentially catch Brooklyn by the end of the week if you would have won these two games. Brooklyn's got Cleveland on Tuesday night. That's a tough game. You really could have made up some ground there. So they they, they kind of blew it. And I don't think, by the way. I don't think the I don't think being in the play-in is that big of a deal, especially if you're the seven. If you're the seven, you got two chances to win one, and it's two chances at home to win one. Like I don't know, I think it's going to be fun to be in the seven seed in the play-in. I think you're going to get a game there that they're probably going to win. That's going to be a playoff atmosphere, and that part's going to be fun. But as far as this season goes, yeah, I think I think most Heat fans are of the general attitude of, oh yeah, Riley's wasted another year. He's wasted a year of of Jimmy. He's 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 because Jimmy's having really as good a season he's ever had. He's you want to talk about guys who start to decline, you know, in their mid 30s. Jimmy's pretty awesome in his mid 30s, and especially the way he's been playing late. You know, one of the great things about Jimmy that we've learned in his four years here is he really is one of those guys who is better in the playoffs. You know, some guys you, you turn on the switch and they're better in the postseason. Like Jimmy really is one of those guys who's better in the postseason. And he kind of turned on playoff Jimmy at the beginning of this month because unfortunately the team needed playoff Jimmy at the beginning of the month. If they like, there was a time where we were looking like we were a game or two away from slipping to number 10, you know, in the East. So playoff Jimmy showed up essentially a month early, but the heat fan, I think is like, yeah, they they've wasted another year of Jimmy, which to me is so stupid because what is Jimmy? What, where was Jimmy Butler been except when they drafted him, the bulls and he hardly played he was on some really good Bulls teams. That doesn't count. He wasn't one of the main guys. So outside of that, like Jimmy Butler, he hasn't had this sustained success in his career until he got to Miami in mm-hmm. 2020s in the finals. In 2022, he's a shot away from the finals. Like literally the best run of Jimmy Butler's career is here in Miami. So like I totally object to the whole Pat Riley's wasted another year of Jimmy's prime. I think the Heat fan's been super frustrated. Well, I know the Heat fan has been super frustrated this year. I think they think the team stinks. But I also think that part of it is, I think that they're a little bit, well, it's two things. I think they're a little bit bored of Mm. the current core. You know, you've had this core now. This is the fourth year in a row that it's been Bam, Jimmy, and and Tyler. And it's kind of like, if you're not getting over the hump four straight years, you know, that's the way kind of, you know, the, our society runs with social media and all that. You know, it's time to turn this thing around. And the second part that I think has the Heat fan frustrated is I feel like they think we had guys, one of them Durant, the other one Donovan Mitchell. You got guys who specifically wanted to be here and they're not here. And and I, I think that part's frustrated the Heat fan as well. So two things as far as the, the wasting of Jimmy this year that some Miami Heat fans might feel is that more of an indictment of like not necessarily of Riley as a whole because you can't as much as there's some baggage between Knicks fans and Pat Riley that it's obvious um, you have to admit that you know he's he knows what he's doing Um, but it's specifically the Kyle Lowry contract the Duncan Robinson contract it's the moves that have been made which is then leads to my question what is the move? Uh, is it is it the, the whales that they haven't gotten the Durants, the Mitchells, or is there other moves that Heat fans are like? Why haven't you done this? I think it's yeah. Those are those are the two moves because specifically, while Donovan Mitchell didn't actually come out right and say I wanted to go to Miami, like we all knew Miami was right there at the top of his list. Durant, I guess, kind of said it if he gave here I want to go to Phoenix or Miami. We found that out in the summer, so he kind of said it himself. But I I, I think. 
Yeah, I, I think number one, it's super hard to make these massive moves. It's not just you turn off the computer assistance on NBA 2K, the GM assistance, and you make whatever trade you want. It's really hard to make these trades. And it's not just about where, okay, you got to get the two teams to agree. You know, the player, this player empowerment mm-hmm. garbage. Is, is he going to throw a fit if you trade for him? Is he going to sign an extension? The agents, behind the scenes, the agents are so involved with all the moves that are made now. So I think it's super difficult to make these kind of moves. You brought up Lowry and and Robinson, the Lowry contract. Look, I've never disliked a Miami Heat player more than I dislike Kyle Lowry. I, really? I, yeah, true story. I mean, I, I can't I can't handle it. I I I hope that he's not on the team next year. I really do. I just get rid of him for nothing for all I care. He has been a disaster. The Robinson part, obviously the Robinson part's not a good contract, but I don't object to the Robinson contract because it's not as if, okay, they spent the money on Robinson instead of spending it here. You could either let him walk for nothing or you keep him and you have that salary slot, which you're hoping down the road you can wind up trading. So that's where they're at right now. It's not like they could have done something else if they let him walk. The only thing it would have done was save Mickey Arison money. And between you and me, why the hell do I care if Mickey <laughs> Arison is saving money? So, so the the Robinson contract, I, I don't have a problem with. So I need to clarify something because you said it now twice. The the Mitchells had the heat at the top of his list. And like here in New York, I can already I can hear people yelling at either YouTube or their podcast, like, I need to figure I mean, out New York was like, there too. New York also he's got the connection his father played for worked for the Mets New York right right also. yeah so that's where I just we were under the impression all summer that even if it, specifically Mitchell didn't want to force his way anywhere which is probably more the frustration with I don't even know if it's what Heat fans are that like why isn't somebody trying to force their way to Miami and with Knicks fans we just we knew that they made a draft day trade that gave them three extra first round picks. We knew that they could right. offer a boatload of picks. Like, like here's five picks, Danny Ainge, along yeah. with, you know, a young controllable piece in RJ Barrett, potentially, you know, some salary filler or Quentin Grimes, if you're interested. And, you know, you, you get all this draft capital. And it's why when the Cavs showed up with obviously a future all-star and Laurie Markkinen, um, they were able because they were willing to sacrifice more. I guess, I don't know. I We were under the impression all summer that it was like the Knicks player to lose. And obviously, because they weren't willing to go all in, they they ended up losing him, which, you Yeah, know. from what I always knew, it was like, all right, is New York going to be, it really, is New York going to be willing to give up RJ Barrett and picks or is Miami going to be willing to give up Tyler Hero and picks? Right. And then if all things are equal, which one of those two do the Jazz like better? Do they like Barrett better or, or do they like Hero better? And then, of course, you have the additional factor, which I always thought was going to be a major hindrance to a trade was, I can't see Danny Ainge working a deal out with Pat Riley. Pat Riley, yeah. I, I don't see that ever happening. Now, maybe business is business and you don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Uh, maybe Andy Ellisberg is the one brokering the whole deal and it's not Riley on the phone with Danny Ainge. That's totally possible. But I always thought that was going to be super difficult to, to wind up making it happen. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Now, you mentioned Heat fans being irrational about this season and their analysis. Um, can that work both ways? Like, they win the play-in game and they're facing Philly. Is it suddenly like, all right, playoff Jimmy's activated, Heat and six? Oh, 100%. Okay. I think once that series starts, the Heat fan, and I think rightfully so, like, I think the Heat fan is going to say, yeah, you know what? We're playing Philly and we're going to beat them. Like, mm. if the Heat if the Heat match up with Philadelphia in the first round, I think the Heat are going to beat them. If the you Heat do. And I'm, and I'm okay. talking about myself. I'm talking uh, okay, myself. okay, okay. I think the Heat will beat Philadelphia. I, I do not. I don't trust Embiid in big games. He's never even been to a conference final. Embiid all, Embiid's teams always seem to come up short in the big mm. games. And obviously, we know Harden comes up there. Even last year, we saw it. I mean, it was game six. Heat had Sixers. Harden was a total no-show. And the Heat smoked them and won that series. So I don't trust Philadelphia. Boston, look, Boston's in a weird spot. Yeah. Boston's been first place the entire year. Now the third. Now, now they're going to be on the road in a second round series against Philadelphia. So I don't know what that does, does to a team psychologically where, wow, we were first place the whole year. Now we're third place going into the playoffs. The Heat, if the Heat were playing the Celtics in the first round, I'm probably not going to sit here and tell you I, I think the Heat are going to win. But I think the Heat are going to give them major, major problems. Major problems. And so, would you? Are you? You're more confident against Philly than you are yeah. Boston. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Because yeah, because I've seen Boston do it. Like they were in the finals last year. Like I know these guys can perform. They won Game Seven here in Miami. Like I've seen mm-hmm. Boston with the major performances. Philly and this group in Philly, we've literally never seen them come up big on the biggest stage. Never seen it. And I don't trust Doc Rivers at all. I'll go against Doc Rivers in a playoff game, no problem. So precedent-wise, I agree with you. And it's why, look, even in my most irrational Knicks fan self, um, I would be somewhat confident in this series, especially since how the Knicks, like they went three and one against the Celtics this year, including two wins in Boston. Mm -hmm. So I, I I think there's 
Like two years ago when they played the Bucks and it was like coming off the bubble matchup where the Heat had a gentleman sweep yeah. against the Bucks and the Bucks clearly like were better, they were healthier, and it it was a different script that year. I wonder if that's where we're headed with Philly right now. And that we haven't seen him do it yet. You're right. Well, look, all these but teams, now we're look, finally going to see it. You know, it always happens. Like all these teams, when they eventually break through, there is the heartache earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston broke through last year and got to the finals. And, you know, Bam out of bio in the bubble in 2020 took their soul, you know, and, and then the Heat won that series. And, you know, they've had the heartbreaks since then as well. And then last year, they finally broke through. So, Philadelphia is it the same kind of thing? Yeah, totally might be. Uh, I don't trust them though. I think the Heat. I think the Heat will give both those teams, Philly and Boston, a very serious problem in the first round. So yeah, like I think the Heat fan is really annoyed right now at the entire season, but I'm <laughs> definitely confident that once one of those series starts, it's back to cocky Heat fan. They're they're, they're going to win. So let's play out a different scenario. Say they do lose the first round, let's say they win the play in, but they lose the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, some conversations that I've had, obviously with Giancarlo about the Miami heat fan in their most irrational, the other way, irrational uh, pessimism is the blow it up thought of, you know, like what would they trade a Jimmy Butler in the off season? Would they trade a Bam out of bio? And look, I'm, more just the messenger here after talking to some other markets and some other fans that are content creators that have some insider uh, thoughts about the, their current teams, there's thoughts like what if we could get Jimmy Butler to come play with Kawhi? What if we can get Jimmy Butler to come play with Dame? Do you see Pat Riley, if they lose in the first round this year, trading Jimmy Butler as a reset or is this okay? Now Bam is expendable to come get somebody else to come play here. It's been four years of this core. That's a Mm -hmm. long time in the NBA. So yeah, like if the heat flame out in the first round, I could totally see them considering moving Butler because, Hey, you know, he misses Butler always misses games. Mm -hmm. What's it going to look like in a year, two years from now when he's making $50 million. All right. So if you wait till the bad thing happens to then fix the bad thing, you've waited way too long. I think there's no chance that he trade Bam out of bio anytime soon. I think he's totally the 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 torchbearer for the franchise moving forward. Like to, like quintessential Miami Heat culture guy. Especially because Udonis Haslam is not going to be in that locker room anymore after this year. He's officially announced that he is retiring and stepping away and I I really think that Bam is that guy. I do not see any scenario where they move Bam out of bio. I hope they don't move Jimmy, but I could see because you can get a lot for him. Look, mm-hmm. Jimmy's again had a phenomenal year. Like, just imagine those teams right there. Can he come play with Kawhi? Like, what would the Clippers give up to get Jimmy Butler? It'd probably be a whole lot, you know? So, yeah, I, I could see them considering moving Jimmy. I think the more realistic option is they would move Tyler Hero. Mm. You know, he's a lot younger. You, you got a team out there that would probably be willing to give you a lot for him because look, while while his new contract does kick in next year, all that TV money, like in a couple years from now, the cap, yeah, it's going like to Tyler Hero making whatever it is, thirty million dollars a year is going to be like a steal in a couple mm-hmm. years from now. So I I think it's more likely that they would move Hero if they're going to do something drastic in the offseason. Yeah, like you said, a new core just. Yeah, shake, four shake years is a long deck. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a long time. Now, yeah. now, there's no such thing as rebuild. Like they, they don't rebuild here. Like they reload. They don't do the tanking. You know, they, they, they tried it essentially the one year in two thousand, two thousand eight. Yeah, and they had, and they had the number two pick, and and it was Michael Beasley, and away we go. You know, so they, they've never done it again like that. I, I don't see it happening again anytime soon. So it's about reloading. It's definitely not rebuild. So then I have one follow-up question about potentially trading Jimmy Butler, which again, I don't personally see it specifically of it's not even that they don't like to blow it up and tank. It's that I recognize how old Pat Riley is. and I don't think he has any interest in any type of like four year plan with a new core. Um, However, um, Jimmy Butler, his last, I guess his second to last, well, he's had Tibbs twice as a head coach. Let's call it that. Um, 
I know history, and I know that the only trade that the Knicks and Heat have ever made in their franchises uh, collectively was it when Riley came over here. It's the Riley trade to the Heat. Yes. So as a result, Walter McCarty for Pat Riley is the only transaction between the two teams. Now, I was reassured last time that, like the 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 the, like you said, the the Danny Ainge uh, Pat Riley of it all didn't stop them from at least negotiating a little bit, but that was like a hindrance that potentially could have happened. And like, they had talked with the Celtics over the years, even though no deal had ever been made. So I ask with Riley's connection with the Knicks, or I guess his baggage with the Knicks, do you ever like, like what put the percentage on it? Is it 10%? Is it higher than that? That he would ever trade Jimmy Butler to the Knicks. <laughs> if it, if that's the pivot, if it's the, if, if there actually right. is like a blow it up and like, what are the packages? So no the, the, the Knicks are offering the best deal. Yeah. Would he take the best deal if it's the Knicks? I knew it was a harder question than people that's were leading on. Question. Yes. Yes. Because I'm tempted to say yes, that Riley will do what's, what's best for business. Riley shouldn't have any animos toward the Knicks. It's the other way around, if anything. Mm-hmm. Like, Riley, look, they didn't give him a stake in ownership, so he said, all right, I'm leaving. The way that he left, uh, you know, like, the Knicks should be mad at Riley. Riley doesn't really have anything to be mad at them about, so I could see Riley saying yes and doing it if it would help the Heat, but the backlash from the Heat fan would be so venomous, not just to trade Butler, but to trade him to the Knicks when also... Considering how good the Knicks are right now, I mean, is that the is that the move that gets the Knicks over the top? Mm-hmm. Did you make the Knicks a contender, Pat Riley? Finally, you know, right, yeah, right. So I think I gotta go. No, okay, did not do it. <laughs> no, that's the same. That's my thought too. You've kind of settled an internal debate here at Knicks Film School, so I appreciate that. A um, couple questions before I let you go, as far as the game tomorrow night. Uh, I guess two, yeah, two nights from now uh, against the Heat. Um, the Heat have shot the ball a lot better recently. Yeah. It's why I was so ready to be like afraid of them going into this game, and, and then you know this weekend happened. But that seems to be the Achilles heel that has existed. That was the reason why they won. There were the one seed last year to where they are this year. Do you see the thing like trending in the right direction? I know Lowry's back, and but he's now coming off the bench. The Kevin Love piece, it's it's just such a small sample size. He's really not asked to do much other than like be a corner three point shooter at this point. Um, but where are you with this team as far as like okay, they they are trending in the right direction, even though on the road they're pretty bad. I think it's just totally random right now. I think it's too small okay. sample size. I have been hoping that throughout the year, look that you know things will kind of regress up toward the mean, and maybe that regression will happen when we get to the playoffs, and that would be perfect timing, you know, because this Heat team, the way they defend, especially the way the game slows down in the half court in the postseason, you got one on one guys which you need to have in the postseason, guys who can create and make junk shots. Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero. Bam is clearly a much better offensive player this year than he's ever been. If that three-point shooting is going to get to where we want it to, this team you know, can compete with anyone in the Eastern Conference. I mean, look, the Heat were the best three-point shooting team in 2020. They mm-hmm. got to the finals. They were the best three-point shooting team in 2022. They were a, game, a, a, a shot away, a three-pointer away from getting to the NBA Finals again. So that's the way this league is now. I don't like that that's where this league is now. If you make your threes, you're a really good team. If you don't make your threes, you're not a good team. I, I think I think it's way too small of a sample size. And even Kevin Love, who we know for his career is a good three-point shooter, has been a lousy three-point shooter so far with the Heat. He's like 26 or 27 percent. It's been lousy, you know. So um, y- you can't really rely on Struess. He's very hit or miss, and for the year, he has not been a good three-point shooter. And you know, one of the guys who's helped them over the over the over the years in their three-point shooting, Duncan Robinson, doesn't play anymore. So I, I just think it's way too small of a sample size. So it's funny you say that, like it's the make or miss of a three point shot that decides whether you're a good team or not. Suck. I hate it. So in, in general, you're right. I will say that the, especially come playoff time, it does seem like the, like the, the reason the Celtics were in the finals last year. It's why I think 
I don't know. It, I'm starting to come around on a take that last year might have been a little fluky. Like those games against Brooklyn were really close in the first round, oh, even yeah. though it was a sweep. They needed a in- great for a sweep. It was a great series. And then you add in the Milwaukee series. They were otherworldly for two games, the last two games of that series. But we're down three two going back to Milwaukee and needed Jason Career's best career game. Jason Tatum's best career game mm-hmm. in game six. And then the Heat series. Like, how many times did we think, okay, the series is over, Boston's going to win, and then the Heat came back just by simply out-muscling them, and then when the finals came around, they just, Steph Curry happened. And this season, with the worst head coach and with some of those the d- uh, disciplines that Udoka installed, now not there. That's why, I actually, if you have, if the Heat were playing the Celtics, if the Knicks were playing the Celtics, I actually wonder if we should be expecting an upset rather than, you know, predicting it or wondering if it would happen. I say all of that because the Knicks, and it's, it's why I have no idea what to expect come playoff time. They're not the greatest three-point shooting team, but I feel like the only caveat with you have to be a good three-point shooting team to succeed, is if you're not, you then have to be elite at one other thing. And the Knicks are elite at offensive rebounding. Like, if the Heat, like, the way they've been able, it seems like, to to stay above water this year is their defense. Like, that's how they've been able to survive not being such a great shooting team. And it's why they're in the position they are now. Um, And it's why I'm, I'm, look, as far as this game is concerned on Wednesday night, um, obviously a must-win for the Heat. I'm not going to say it's not a must win for the Knicks. I'd like them to clinch a playoff berth so we could actually start to look forward to having the week of the playing off. But like, what's the thought going into this game as far as the Miami Heat perspective? Like, because it's at home, we owe the Knicks one, especially after that Randall shot the last time. God, that game, that was such a great game. It was mm-hmm. one of, it was one of those games where I got, I was, I mean, I was stunned obviously with the way it ended, but I wasn't even mad because, oh, my God, this game was so exciting, you know, <laughs> and it sucks the way we lost it. But, man, that fourth quarter and because the Heat were down by like double figures laying the threat is and Hero had the great fourth quarter. Man, this is exciting as hell. So I wasn't even mad. But I, I mean, it's it's only a must win game if the Heat want at the end of the week, Saturday night, that showdown with Brooklyn to mean something. Like I said, Brooklyn's got a tough schedule right now. The, the Heat, if they want to jump out of that play in. You need to win the game against New York first so that maybe you got a little something brewing with that game against the Nets. I don't look at it as a must win as far as we have to get out of the play-in because I don't think being in the play-ins, like I think the Heat are fine if they're number seven. Like I said, it's two chances and it's two chances at home to win one game if you're number seven. You can't do that. You don't belong in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't look at it as a must win game for the Heat. Okay. Well, as far as this matchup is concerned, um, I do. I mean, look, it's also F the Heat here in in my house as well. Um, well, and you I, also want to be number. You want to play Cleveland in the first I, round as opposed to Boston or Philly. It's a big I need deal. that matchup. I'm at, yeah. I'm at the point where I just need to see it. The Knicks matchup so well against the, the like the the Knicks poor matchup is a team that can shoot well. Like the the Celtics, ironically, should be a poor matchup for the Knicks because they can go five out, especially in those Horford at center lineups. But in the times the Knicks have played the Celtics, there's one game where they made 27 threes earlier in the year. And then they've just survived the three-point shooting the rest of the time because the Celtics can't rebound. They've, they've out-muscled them as a result. Um, so I'm, I'm at the point, though, where when you're like the most recent playoff series Donovan Mitchell played in, he um, had his, his, uh, um, his ass handed to him, I will say, uh, by Jalen Brunson oh, he couldn't in the series. Him. So as a result, that that being a thing, fresh yeah. in his mind, I'm I'm curious to see. And like the times the Knicks have played the Cavs this year, that's been a matchup that they focused yeah. on. Is how about Jalen uh, Jalen Brunson go hunt Donovan Mitchell, and that's how we'll close out certain games. Um, so I'm very much hoping for that matchup, and hopefully we get it. Zaslo, thank you so much for. Uh, I hope I can call you Zaslo instead of just Jonathan. I realized I totally went to the casual, just we call each other by our last names without. This is the first time we've met though, so uh, Jonathan Zaslo, thank you so much. Zaslo, so it's, that's why yeah, it's I did it. So that's why I did it. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for joining me. If you can tell Knicks fans where they could find the Zaslo Show 2.0, I greatly appreciate it. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate it, guys. You know, I cover all all sports, obviously. I mean, we're mostly very South Florida centric, but I love music. I love pro wrestling. So we do a lot of that as well on the show. Uh, Zaslow Show 2.0. We're, we're a Blue Wire podcast, of course, but available everywhere that you get your podcasts. You just put in Zaslow Show 2.0. I'm on Twitter as well, at Zaslow Show. And that's that's the that's the gist of it, Andrew. That's it. That's where you find me. That's where we can find you. Zaz, I thank you. I, see, I even shorted it there. Zaz, because I know that's what that, you are getting. You're getting a little too comfortable. A little too right? comfortable. Okay. Little too comfortable. Mr. Zaslow, I really appreciate you coming on the Knicks Film School podcast. And I thank wish you. you luck on Wednesday night, but, but I don't. I don't yeah. miss you, wish you, you luck, so I wish you good health, and I hope you enjoy the game regardless of how much the Knicks win by. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, a big thank you to Zaslow for coming on today's show to help me preview this matchup between the Knicks and the Miami Heat. Um, like, as we always do, the KFS Bump, head on over to his YouTube channel and subscribe. Head on over to the podcast and give him a five-star rating and a review. Welcome the newest member to the Blue Wire team and the newest friend of the KFS podcast uh, with well, with with open arms. How's that? With a, with a warm welcome. Uh, the Knicks take on the Miami Heat tonight at 730. The casuals, uh, me, Sean and uh, XJ will be on playback tonight for yet another game between the Knicks and the Heat. Um, I'm hoping they come out with a little extra tonight and win it for Willis Reed. I'm sure Jimmy Butler will have to have something to say about that. Um, but it'll be hopefully a good game. So come and watch it with us. If you're a patron, you just got to sign up to be a mellow tier patron and higher. Uh, and then on the post game, John will be recapping win or lose this game against the Miami Heat. I suspect if they lose, he will call me up and tell me it is my fault. So I apologize in advance or you're welcome in advance. Uh, but regardless, check out the KFS post game show as always on the KFS YouTube channel and all other platforms that we stream live from. As far as I'm concerned, that'll do it for me. Head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. Uh, if you dig the show, I'll be back tomorrow previewing the game against the Magic with another member of the Sixth Man Show. And then again, as I mentioned at the top, um, I'll be on with Giancarlo on the Miami Heat beat on Thursday. Uh, so if you want to check out their stuff, the Miami Heat beat podcast, uh, everywhere podcasts are available. Until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. Rest in peace, Cap. And I'll speak with you soon. Peace.